it's coming home. It's the, um, it's the chant of the nation, isn't it? It's the prayer and supplication of uh, every single England supporter today. It's coming home. But it is also um, the theme of today, this Resourcing Church Sunday. Let me start just by explaining why. Um, you know, wh- why, is that about, why is it all about it's coming home? Well, before we travel back, um, if you like, 1,950 years uh, to when the Bible reading took place at the end of Acts in the early church, I'd just love you, first of all, just to travel back five years to 2016. And um, that was the year that HDC, by the Bishop of Southwark, was designated the first resourcing church in Southwark Diocese, which is South London. Now, resourcing churches, they are a National Church of England initiative. Uh, There are currently, I think, around 30 or 40 resourcing churches across the country. And uh, this whole idea of being a resourcing church, the the whole idea of it um, is this Church of England strategy is to increase church attendance, or more importantly, to increase the kingdom of God as people put their trust in Jesus as king. And what being a resourcing church means is that we have a remit to be a blessing for Jesus, not just within our parish boundaries. Our parish here at HDC is a little bit of Clapham and then half the common where nobody lives, okay? Um, and uh, being a resourcing church means that we have a remit to be a blessing beyond our, um, church, our, our parish boundaries, and in our case, across South London, particularly being a blessing by planting churches and revitalizing churches. And it's coming home is our theme today because what we're doing, if you like, is we're receiving home here at HDC, at base camp, if you like, reports today of how things are going in these churches that we have already planted or revitalized. Not, I hope, reports coming home in any sense as a sort of, sort of self-congratulatory, bigging ourselves up way, but rather as a means to do three things, to feed our prayers... Um, to excite us about our plans as HTC under God for the coming year. And in some ways, perhaps most importantly of all, just for each of us to recognize that we, as part of HTC, we are part of something that is bigger than just what happens here at HTC. Uh, Sometimes people say to me, you know, is HTC's strategy just to grow and grow as big as possible? And in some ways, the answer is yes. Not uh, because, you know, being big is more impressive, but because we long for more and more people to know Jesus as their king. So no, as a church, we do not want to grow bigger just because we put on a good show that entertains people. That would be a disastrous reason. But we do want to grow bigger if it is because more and more people are becoming part of the kingdom of God with Jesus as their king. If you think of the whole story of the the book of Acts in the Bible, it's the story of the early church, isn't it? And it starts in Israel. It starts in Israel where everything to do with Jesus took place. Jesus' birth, his life, his death, his resurrection, and his ascension. And at the start of the book of Acts, Jesus is there, and he's just about to ascend into heaven, and he speaks these words to those first disciples. He says, Acts 1 verse 8, he says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And that verse, Acts 1 verse 8, it really is, if you like, the theme verse of the whole of the book of Acts. Because the book of Acts is all about these, the early church, these first Christians, them growing the kingdom of God as they go out in these, if you like, concentric circles from Jerusalem to Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. And as they go out, they go further and further away from Jerusalem. Jerusalem was the, the, the center of the Jewish world. And as they go out from the center of the Jewish world, what are they doing? They are planting churches wherever they go. And you get to the last chapter of Acts, the the, the reading that Adam just read for us, the very end of the book of Acts, and you've moved from Jerusalem, the center of the Jewish world, 
to Rome, the center of the non-Jewish Gentile world. And there, right at the end of Acts, we heard read about the Apostle Paul. He's there in Rome, he's under house arrest, and he has people coming home. Coming home to his rented house, and he, he, he starts telling them about Jesus. He starts with the Jewish leaders living in Rome, and what happens? Verse 23, it says, He, Paul, witnessed to them from morning till evening, explaining about the kingdom of God, and from the law of Moses and from the prophets, that means the Old Testament, he tried to persuade them about Jesus. Some were convinced by what he said, but others would not believe. So just as it is today, some people are convinced they become believers of Jesus, and some people are not convinced. And so Paul then, he moves his focus from focusing on the Jewish leaders, he then focuses on the non-Jewish majority in Rome, the Gentiles. And what happens? Well, the very last two verses, the whole of book of Acts says this, Acts 28, verse 30, for two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him. He proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. It's an amazing last verse of the book of Acts to to proclaim the kingdom of God and teach about Jesus with all boldness and without hindrance. And so my first heading for today's talk taking place on the day that England are about to play Italy in the final of the Euros, I'm afraid is a very worrying heading. Because when we see our passage today, shock horror, please don't throw things at me, please don't sort of walk out of the room in a sort of patriotic disgust. But here's the first heading. We see it's coming home in Rome. Okay? That is what the passage is saying. It is coming home in Rome. There's Paul. He's at home. He's in Rome, uh, the capital of Italy, and people are coming home to Jesus. Paul welcomes them in. He proclaims Jesus with all boldness, without hindrance, and the kingdom of God grows. So in one sense, our strategy at HTC is we do want to grow bigger and bigger if it is because more and more people are coming home to Jesus. But actually, there is another side to it too because it's not so much that we pray that we grow and grow as church. It's not so much. We we don't grow to grow, but rather as a church, we grow to give. We grow to give. The gospel is all about God giving, isn't it? Think of the most famous verse in the Bible. John 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave, that he gave his one and only son. And we want to, as it were, model what the gospel is. The gospel is all about God giving. And we want to be a church that gives. We grow to give. So second point in the sermon, and again, I'm afraid it's a worrying heading. We've already had it's coming home in Rome. Second point, it is leaving home in London. Okay. Um, if home is here, HTC, as a resourcing church, we have had people, sometimes groups of people, leave HTC to plant or revitalize other churches. And that is right. You see, the, the, that was the primary strategy for church growth in the kingdom of God uh, throughout the book of Acts. You read about the book of Acts. What is their primary growth strategy? It is planting new churches. That is what they're doing. They're again and again, they are planting new churches everywhere they went. You know, there's a great um, global church planting network uh, organization uh, that is called Acts 29. Uh, my brother-in-law, actually, he is a, a pastor of an Acts 29 church plant in the middle of Australia. Uh, and Acts 29 is called that because they're saying we are wanting to be a continuation of the strategy that you see between Acts 1 and Acts 28. 
All the way through the book of Acts, from Acts 1 to Acts 28, it is this strategy of church planting. And so Acts 29, the organization, they're saying, after the Bible has finished being written, Acts 28, we want to be having exactly the same strategy of planting churches that the early church had. Now here, we're not part of the Acts 29 network. We're part of the Church of England. But our vision is still exactly the same. Our vision is to be growing, to give away, so that there might be more and more healthy, growing gospel churches. Now, what has that looked like uh, in the last five years since we have been a resourcing church? Well, as the church has grown, you'll see the graph there. Um, Over the years, um, what have we done? Well, we first of all, we helped revitalize a church, All Saints Clapham Park, uh, back in 2016. We started doing that in 2016. Uh, that church is over behind the back of Brixton Prison. And then we planted a church, St. Peter's Vauxhall, in 2019. Those of you who are here at those times will know all about that. Now, what's the difference between the two, you might be asking? What's the difference between revitalizing a church and planting a church? Let me start with planting a church. Planting a church is about sending out an ordained leader, a vicar, Sending out a group of about 30 people with that ordained leader. Uh, Sending out some finances. Maybe sending out some other people uh, sort of on staff. Sending them all out so that they leave the home of HTC to be a separate, new, independent from us church with potential for lots of growth. Indeed, in time, we pray that they could be a resourcing church in their own right. And that's what's happened with St. Peter's Vauxhall. As Michael and Emma John and a whole team left in 2019, six months before COVID kicked off. So we're going to hear now just a little one-minute video from Michael and St. Peter's Vauxhall. praying for us, so we are going to be praying for them a little later. They've recently increased from two to three services, and as they come out of lockdown, there's all sorts of exciting opportunities in Vauxhall, the the new family service. They're looking to reach out to students again as student life uh, returns uh, around there in Vauxhall. So that's planting a church. 
And then revitalizing a church, that's a little different. It's generally a building and a location where large growth, if you like, is less likely. And so the focus is on the immediate locality rather than growing into a big resourcing church. And what we do in a, when we're revitalizing a church is we send out a parish missioner. And that is someone who is working their way through the whole vocational training process in the Church of England. So they're not yet a vicar. Uh, and they don't sort of go with a whole group of people. Um, rather, they keep much closer ties to HDC. So they're still the parish mission, is still part of the HDC staff team. Uh, and then various people will go from HDC to go and help out and actually develop themselves and learn to serve and lead in all sorts of different ways from HDC on occasion. So, for example, interns might go and help out uh, running an after-school club at, at the church or... Um, you know, one of you, maybe you're fanning into flame a gift of uh, preaching. You might go and preach there one Sunday, whatever it might be. And the parish missioner, they are, if you like, the leader on the ground of that church while still being connected into HDC. And that's what happened uh, with All Saints Clapham Park in 2016 with Luke Whiteman as the parish missioner. And here's a little snippet from Charlene, who has been helping Luke at All Saints. you've resourced us with interns, you've been praying for us, you've been sending people down to speak at our services um, and we look forward to how you're going to continue to support us in the future. Uh, so five years after starting as parish missioner at All Saints Clapham Park, Luke uh, has now done all his vicar training. Uh, and so two weeks ago, he got ordained. Um, and he and Emma and uh, little Zachary, they have headed down the road to Christchurch Gypsy Hill, where he is starting his first vicar post as a curate there. And so what I wanted to do this evening is to introduce you to the recently appointed new parish missioner taking over from Luke at, at All Saints Clapham Park. Uh, some of you will know him well. Uh, he has been part of HTC for the last, I think, seven or eight years, and that is Chris Denimont. Would you give Chris a round of applause um, as he comes up? Um, Chris, it's lovely to see you, um, see you. and um, I know Carolyn is with the, the girls, so can't be here um, this evening, but just first of all, just before we pray for you, just tell us very quickly, tell us what you've been, you've been part of this church for eight, nine years or whatever it is, but just tell us what you've been doing work-wise uh, for the, that, all that time. Hi, everyone. Um, I messed this up this morning, so I, the only way is up. Uh, it's lovely to be here. Um, it's, I work in a behavior school for 11 to 16-year-old boys. Um, the products of trauma, uh, physical, sexual trauma, and um, give you an idea of what I do, it'll be easier to tell you what happened recently. So, for example, this is what I do. We were painting a mural, and a group of super rowdy, super rough boys were helping me, and one of them, a um, young boy called Dane, big lad, but every time I came near him, the boy would flinch. Um, 
I did it again. Um, the boy's hair was falling out. Um, essentially, his home life was um, extremely difficult, and he associated a grown man coming near him with any movement, with the onslaught of um, a beating. And my job, essentially for 10 years, is to replicate a very vanilla, very calm, very predictable <laughs> presence toward young, extremely violent, spit in your face, stab you with their fork, burn you, strangle you kind of boys, and when they show up, give them another go. That's what I've done for the past 10 years. Um, it's an amazing job you've been doing, and it's, it's coming to an end, and I know it's, be, it's, sort of, it's had all sorts of challenges as well as excitements. Yes, um, you're starting being the parish missioner. Uh, you and Carolyn, you're both going to be starting as interns on the HTC intern mm. scheme, and yes. as part of that, you're being the parish missioner at All Saints Clapham Park. Just tell us how you're feeling about it, and anything we can pray for you. Um, overwhelmingly, we are um, we're really, really excited. If you can get there, it's not too far. It's this wonderful congregation of, at this point, and faithfully for quite some time, and I hope into the future, um, faithful, prayerful, worship-loving, tambourine-shaking, um, uh, brothers and sisters. And they welcomed us in so strong, so warmly. Um, again, just, just it, it will help communicate the, 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 what we're looking in forward to is one of the older ladies who, um, an, an older West Indian lady, I asked, you know, you know, keep me in check, you know, won't you? And she said, oh, young man, no worries, I will. Uh, so there is, a, there, is a, there, is a, there is a quality over there. She says to me next, she says, you know, we've got two trinities here. We abide by the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, of course, but as standard, we go with rice, chicken, and cake. And I said, hallelujah, and I'm in the right place. So we can't wait. Um, we're nervous as well, of course. It's all new. It's all new. And, um, but we trust God's going to take care of everything we need. Um, Susanna's just going to come and pray for Chris and for Carolyn, for the family as they start out the new role as parish missioner. Yeah, what a privilege. Yeah, we pray for Chris and for Carolyn too as they start to lead it. All Saints Clapham Park, may you shining in and through them give you much joy, Lord Jesus, as people are drawn to your gospel truth and light. Their desire is to serve and be led by you, Lord. Empower them for your glory. Holy Spirit, pour yourself out on them and their girls, Pearl and Annie. Thank you for their love already for the All Saints community. Build your church through them. We pray you'd continue to prepare them for all that's ahead. Thank you that they can go forth full of faith as they continue to depend, to depend on you, as they proclaim you with all boldness and without hindrance, dear Lord. And we pray this in your mighty name for your glory, Lord Jesus. Amen. 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 Thanks, Chris.
So as we look forwards, uh, we're excited about uh, what's going to happen at All Saints Clapham Park with Chris and Carolyn going there. And there's some other stuff going on as well, which I can't yet stand here and give you completely firm details about. Uh, but I just want to let you know something of the plan for all of you to pray into. Okay? So let's be honest. If we just think about things, during the pandemic, we don't really know what size HGC is as a church. Um, I do know lots of families, particularly those with young children, um, who have moved out or are about to move out of London. I could probably name you at least 20 families in the church that in the last couple of months or in the next month are moving out of London to go and live elsewhere. We're going to miss them loads. Um, but also they're going to be such a blessing to the new churches that they've joined or that they're moving to. And then we've also had lots of new people join us as well through Online Alpha, uh, through the food bank, uh, through people moving to the area. And so, you know, I've basically no idea what size of church we are at the moment, um, but I guess we are probably a little bit smaller than perhaps we were before the pandemic. But I pray as well that as things start up again, we can start growing again by God's grace and grow in 2022. And it's all up to God, obviously. Uh, but maybe, uh, you know, for, for 2021, 2022, the growth will look something like that, that instead of there being something of a, a dip this year, and then we pray there might be growth again uh, in 2022. But here's our prayer and our plan for the next year or so. Let me just tell you that. Uh, various opportunities are, seem to be coming our way. Uh, and it may be that we do not one, uh, but possibly actually two new revitalizing church initiatives in addition to All Saints Clapham Park. So in addition to that, we're, we, it may well be we're doing two new uh, initiatives, and both of these are smaller churches uh, that would start being a part of the HTC family with parish missioners appointed in both of those churches and then support given from HTC. And then we're also praying into and looking into a possible new church plant that would be likely starting towards the end of next year, so the end of 2022 with a vicar and 30 or so people going from here to plant a new church. Now, none of those things are definite, but all are quite probable, and all of those are about leaving the home of HDC, whether an individual parish missioner to revitalize a church or a group of people with a vicar to plant a church. And I think that God is guiding us to move forwards with these initiatives. We'll see more clearly in the next few months. Someone on Friday in the church family, uh, they sent me an email. And they said they'd been praying for HDC and they felt prompted to uh, pray about light and us as a church being light in this world. And they said when they went to bed that night, uh, that was uh, Thursday night, just Thursday night gone, uh, they had a dream. And in the dream, there were two people. And one person, they built a tower of light, much sort of like the Eiffel Tower, a big tower of light. And then there was another man standing next to the first builder of the tower. Uh, and this man said to the first one, he said, no, not just one big tower of light, but many all spread out across the land. And I think that that, that dream, it sort of speaks right into what I've been saying. That HTC, we are not just growing to grow, but we're growing to give. To give that light so that more people might come to know Jesus. We've got to give, obviously, in a sustainable way, but growing to give. And that person said to me, when they woke up, they began to sort of search the word light in the Bible, and they came upon a verse in Acts, the book of the Bible that we're looking at this evening. They didn't know that's what we were going to be looking at. Uh, and the verse is Acts 13, verse 47, and it says this. It says, for this is what the Lord has commanded us. I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. And we pray that God might do that by his grace through us, in our weakness, in all our failings, that he might do that, that he might uh, use us and use this church as a resourcing church to do just that. Now that verse, it talks about um, speaking about the ends of the earth. 
And I want to let you know about another church plant that we've been involved in over the last three years, which has been rather less planned uh, than the other ventures. Uh, Some of you will have heard me speak a little about this before, but you'll see why I want to mention it again in just a moment. Uh, Six years ago, uh, Isabel Sestari started coming to HTC with her two girls. Her husband, Johnny, uh, was sceptical, but eventually Johnny decided to come along to HTC too, and after a bit of persuasion, Johnny did Alpha. Now, wonderfully, Johnny came to faith in Jesus and his life was transformed. So that was five, six years ago. And the family, they were such a blessing to this whole church family. Now, Johnny works in the oil and gas industry and three years ago, he was transferred by his company to work not in London, but to work in the Congo. So three years ago, they left the home in London. But before they left, we prayed together that they'd be able to bear fruit for Jesus in their new environment. And what happened is they joined a church in Pointe-Noire in Congo and they started a connect group, and this connect group, little connect group, grew and grew. And they also worked with the pastor of that church to find a new venue to plant a new church from the church that they were a part of. And uh, that happened, and then they became the campus pastors of this new church plant, which in turn grew to around 150 to 200 people in size, really starting from their connect group that they'd been leading. And Johnny and Isabel, they preached uh, regularly at their church, and Isabel uh, led the children's ministry as well, whilst both still working in their jobs in oil and gas. And I'm just going to show you a a little short video uh, that shows you something of how that church grew from that little connect group. amazing to watch and uh, I wanted to tell you about that because um, the third heading of this talk it's a much better heading for today the third heading point three it's coming home to England and it has just come home because Johnny and Isabel are right here would you give them a round of applause as they come Uh, Johnny, first of all, would you do that dance that you were just doing up there? No, I, I wouldn't oh, be Johnny. able to repeat that dance. <laughs> um, it is wonderful to see you guys. Um, I know you arrived about a week ago, something like that, and uh, with your girls, Sophia and Sarah, and it's wonderful to have you here. Um, just tell us, first of all, um, we saw there about the church in Pointe Noir. Um, how, obviously, it's, it's also had all sorts of challenges for us as a church um, with COVID over the last 18 months. How has it been uh, for the church in the Congo? 
Hello, everyone. Um, thank you. Thank you, Jacob. Um, yes, so, so yeah, as, as you mentioned, we started as a connect group. And, you know, as it was growing, then we moved into a church. And a few months after we started the church, um, then we were hit by COVID. And then we had to pretty much close uh, the church. There was two to three months of lockdown. And um, the challenge there is that... Uh, Probably 80% of the congregation didn't have access to internet. Uh, for example, we're very blessed to have um, HTC online. That was a real blessing for us, inspired us and encouraged us to continue the work there and to be connected to the church. But for many people there, they didn't have access to internet. So we found ourselves to be calling people, try to encourage them to, you know, to waiting for all this to, to pass. And But there was a... Yeah, there was a moment of discussion, but there was a reward at, afterwards because we, we felt that with this experience, um, people were, we, we came back as a stronger community. Um, everybody was so happy to be able again to be worshiping together, praying together, and, and you know, to share this, this moment of community at church. And, and it was amazing to see, uh, it is amazing to see uh, God at work and, and all, the, all the things that have happened. Yeah it's, yeah, it's been amazing. It's been challenging, but amazing at yeah. the same time. And it's amazing for us just to see that video and to see, you know, you guys, there was you, you came to faith six years ago. Yeah. And there you guys have been, being uh, pastoring a church of 150, 200 people. It's incredible, uh, as well as doing your job. Um, yeah. so, Only uh, God can do that. Um, absolutely amazing. Um, now, you're here in the UK. Uh, how come? Yes, so we, we are back. We are so happy and thrilled to be back, to be back in the community. It's a blessing for us to, to be here today. We've been overwhelmed by, by you know, being back here. And it's been almost, yeah, tears and part of the day. But um, um, our mission there is finished. So we knew that we were going to be there for a certain amount of time. Uh, we knew that we were going for three to four years. And, um, yeah, so now we, we are... We, we were able to, to come back here, and now the challenge for us is how to how we're going to stay connected with the church there, and we have some ideas, but yeah, yeah. so yeah, we're well, pretty no, thrilled it, to be it, back. It's, it's certainly exciting for us uh, to have you part of the HTC Church family again in situ, um, but how about the church back there? How you were, you were the campus pastors? You're not there anymore. How how's that working going forward as well? Yeah, so um, basically they uh, they knew uh, it was for a short time. And uh, we were uh, reluctant to start the church. That's the reality. And we said we are just here for a, for a couple of years, probably. It was three years in total. So we had, they appointed uh, another couple, which is a lovely Congolese couple. And they are the ones in charge right now. They were doing a lot of things already. And uh, I remember also, uh, I didn't mention this this morning, but um, also we had a talk last summer uh, with Diego, who actually said to us, uh, it's good to prepare a team there that will uh, take over the church, and they are, they are doing amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Just tell us finally, we're going to pray uh, for uh, all that's going out in Congo in a moment. Chris will come up after we've um, finished um, the sermon and have a time praying for all the different things. But just tell us what kind of things we can be praying, um, not just this evening, but in the coming weeks uh, for uh, your church back in Congo. So I mentioned also this morning, um, um, I will try not to cry this time. I think I will, I will make it. Yeah. 
we'll make it through. Uh, yeah, uh, it's more for um, for the presence of Jesus, for Jesus to be at the center. Um, is the case right now. It's a beautiful community, and we just pray for him to be at the center and for him to give them the strength in the midst of so many challenges. I think we are facing all challenges, and, and in Congo it's a bit different, and they face different type of, of things. So just pray for that. And, uh, and yeah, so I share uh, this Bible verse, which I hope I will be able to read with no tears in my eyes. One second. Bible verse disappear. I'm sorry. Ah. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's Ephesians 3. is here. So Ephesians 3, uh, verse 14. Uh, is a Bible verse that we share with them before coming. And is a verse that is a prayer um, of Paul to the church in the Ephesians. Uh, For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives his name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how high and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. So I made it with no tears. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yeah. uh, Johnny and Isabel, we want to say a huge um, thank you to you. We thank God for you. We thank God for how he has been at work uh, in you. It's, it's just awesome to see. It's been such an encouragement for us. And it's lovely to have you here at HTC again. Um, let's give thank a round you. Of it's good to be back. Thank you. Um, as I close, um, I guess what I'm trying to say is it's not ultimately important what location things are coming home, whether that's Clapham or Vauxhall or Brixton or Rome or the Congo. It's not ultimately important whether football does come home for England tonight or not. I pray it does, but you know, it's not ultimately important. But it is ultimately important that there are churches centered on Jesus Churches proclaiming Jesus, as it says right at the end of Acts 28, with all boldness and without hindrance. It is ultimately important that these churches are all over the place, more and more, to enable as many people as possible to come home to Jesus. And it is ultimately important that we play our part. There are lots of other churches doing this too, but that we play our part, that we can, in actually planting and revitalizing churches where we can by God's grace. And today here at this church in Clapham. Maybe there's someone here today and actually you need to come home to Jesus today to come and be a part of Jesus' kingdom. But maybe today you have been attracted, been attracted by the light that is Jesus in this church. Uh, one of my fa- most favorite stories is of a father uh, in South America and his daughter, a teenage daughter, uh, ran away um, from the, the poverty of the village and tried to sort of go to the great big lights in the city to, to, to earn her fortune. But she ended up becoming a prostitute. And, and the dad lost all contact with his daughter, didn't know what to do. He didn't know where to look. So what he did was he got a photo of his daughter um, and he photocopied it hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. And then he went into the city and then he stuck up this picture of his daughter all around the city, wherever he could, on walls, on lampposts, in bars, you name it, wherever he could. 
And eventually, sometime later, uh, the daughter suddenly saw on a wall a photo of herself. And so she pulled this picture of herself off the wall. And as she did that, she turned over and saw on the back of this uh, photocopy bit of paper her dad's handwriting. And in her dad's handwriting, it simply said, wherever you are, whatever you've done, come home. Wherever you are, whatever you've done, come home. You know, Jesus Christ says exactly that to each of us, to every single person on this planet, wherever you are, whatever you've done, come home. He may be saying that to someone here tonight, and you want to come home to Jesus for the very first time. Maybe there's some of us here, actually, if we're honest, we've wandered away from home with Jesus over lockdown. And actually tonight, we need to come back home to Jesus.